I received a letter back and it was from an attorney who represented him and told me to cease and desist contacting them. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I'm your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 43, and today I am speaking with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi, Lily. Thank you for having me here. I'm so glad you reached out to me after after listening to Karen's episode which did not have a happy ending because you said yours is also another NPE story that doesn't have a happy ending. Is that true? Yes, that is correct. And it's hard to tell your story when it didn't turn out very well. And and that could be why not many of us with a sad ending aren't participating in the podcasts. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm happy to share my story in the hope that it helps somebody out there. And it absolutely will. And that's so true. It's it's a lot easier to talk about this when you have a happy ending and your new biological family is welcoming and loving to you. And it's harder to talk about it when people aren't treating you so well. So I appreciate you coming on today and sharing. Even though my story doesn't have a happy ending, I'm really happy when people do get happy endings. I, I love to hear those stories and and know that these these things can go well and you can meet your uh, your father's family and you know I'm I'm happy for people when they do and I wish I would have gotten that ending too. I, I listened to your story too and it's it's not a happy one either. No, no it's not. I'm right there with you. Families become fractured and estranged and yeah, just nothing good has, at least for me, nothing has good good has come from this discovery. And I wish I had not found out. I could have just lived the rest of my life um, in the dark and been happy uh, for it. But that isn't the ending I got. I'm sorry. Thank you. Can I ask you a question? Have you had any updates on yeah. your story? Are you still estranged from your mom or did your birth a dad fam yes. or dad's family reach out anything? <laughs> no, yes, I you know my my story's still the same. Okay. I believe as when I shared it there has been no updates. Um no reaching out. My husband wrote my birth father a um interesting email uh I don't think he sent it though. When I say he wrote it, I mean he just like wrote it. Yes. Yeah. He, <laughs> it, yes. It uh, starts with the. I'll just say the first line. He. It says, and this is to my birth father who has um, is a, has not shown any interest in in meeting me. He just wrote, "I'm utterly shocked at your lack of decency with regards to how you choose not to acknowledge your daughter. 
It has been almost a year and a half since you found out you had had a daughter that you never knew about it, and you seem to want to just move on with your life and forget about it. That is horribly selfish way to live, and you should be ashamed. <laughs> oh, so I love husband, how your husband, yay! Yes. <laughs> he's very, he's very, he's a wonderful father, so he cannot even begin to understand how a parent would, would be this way. Um, once you find out you have a child somewhere out there. So I'm, it was just kind of nice to hear him say that, but no, there hasn't been any updates from my parents' behavior. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm glad you have the support of such a wonderful husband and father. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Okay. We'll get back to you and let's get into your background because I don't know um, anything about your original family. So can you take us back to the beginning and let us know a little bit about your family of origin? Yes, absolutely. And as I tell my story, when I talk about my dad, I'm talking about my birth certificate dad, the man who raised me. Uh, So I grew up in a family with mother and father. I was the oldest of five children. My mother was three months pregnant when she married my dad. And I did not have a very happy childhood. My mother was unhappy with her life and she took it out on her kids. I was always envious of my friends who had loving and nurturing mothers and good relationship with their mothers, uh, but I did not have that. My Dad was gone a lot. He worked a lot, uh, six or seven days a week to support five kids. And I can remember many times throughout my childhood, because I was so unhappy, that I would wish for someone to come and rescue me and get me away from her. And that has taken on, that thought has taken on new poignancy since learning that I'm an NPE. I unlike others who who suspected they didn't quite fit in the family or something was off, I did not suspect anything, not anything. I didn't look like my dad, but looked enough like my mother that I didn't have any suspicions. Also at that time, I didn't know that mothers lie to their children about their paternity. My Mom and dad divorced when I was 15, and a lot of the household responsibilities fell onto me when she went to work. She then had a succession of married men live with us, and she got pregnant and placed the child for adoption when I was 16. That was in 1970. I never asked her about it at the time because I knew it wouldn't go well for me. But I did ask her about it when I was in my 30s, and she gave me a little bit of information. And um, my dad died in 1992. So that's my backstory. How did you find out you were an NPE? In October of 2013, my sister, who I grew up with, I call her my birth sister to distinguish her later in the story, but my sister... Um, got a call from an adoption intermediary saying that she was representing someone she thought was our sister. 
Um, my birth sister thought the woman was referring to the child my mother placed for adoption in 1970, but she wasn't. She was representing a woman born and placed for adoption in 1953, which was 16 months before I was born. Uh, none of my siblings nor I knew anything about it. Uh, my birth sister and this woman, her name's Terry, it's Linda and Terry, uh, they touched base within a few days. And when we saw her picture on Facebook, we knew it was true because she looks like my, my, my mother. Um, both my sister and I started talking to her and we agreed to do a DNA test with 23andMe. And we chose 23andMe because Terry had already tested in 23andMe. Since she was adopted, she didn't know anything of her background and she was trying to get medical information. So my sister Linda and I tested through 23andMe. My results came back on November 29th, 2013, and it showed that both the women, both sisters, were my half-sisters. And I could not have been more surprised. I called my birth sister and told her my results, and I remember falling um, to the kitchen floor in a fetal position while holding the phone. I was just so devastated by it. I could not have been more surprised. Um, I did start seeing a therapist who had been very helpful to me in the past, but wasn't at all helpful with this situation. Therapists, at least at that point, weren't receiving training on helping NPEs, and I was her first NPE client. And one of the first things she said to me was that, well, you're the same person you were before. And I just wanted to scream at her and just say, can you not see how different I am now? Because I, I felt it in every ounce of my being that I was not the same person that I was before. And I didn't know uh, who half of me was. And back in 2013, there were not NPE support groups like there are now. I, at least I didn't know of any. I'd never even heard the term NPE at that time. Um, I knew there had to be other people like me, but I didn't know how to find them. And so I mostly just comforted myself because people just don't know what to say to you. And whatever they do say is often unhelpful and hurtful. Um, so I made plans to go back to my hometown and February of 2014, so that's three months later, uh, to talk to my mother about this. But before I could get there, one of my brothers decided to tell her about the DNA test and why I was coming. And then the two of them concocted a lie together to tell me that she had just decided to tell me out of about my paternity just out of the goodness of her heart and out of the blue. After all these decades, she was just suddenly going to tell me. And, of course, I knew that was a lie. And she also asked me not to come back there to talk to her about it. So I had to settle for talking to her on the phone. And I knew, because I had a couple months to sit on this uh, while I waited to talk to her, and I knew I was going to require her to tell me the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth, kind of like in a court of law. But 
but she lies a lot. And I knew that. And so I knew I probably wasn't going to get the truth from her. Um, she did finally confess that she always knew I wasn't my dad's child. Um, I asked her when my dad found out, and she said they never talked about it. But because she lies so much and my dad isn't alive to ask, I, I don't know what the truth is. I also asked her for my birth father's name. And as I found out a couple years later, she gave me the wrong name. Um, my mother was really angry at me with this information coming out. She was m mad at me for finding out. And that she was the victim and she was the injured party in this. Um, she would repeatedly ask me why I couldn't just leave the topic alone and why did I have to keep asking her questions about it. And she never once said she was sorry for the pain she was causing me. I really wanted to hear that. I really wanted to hear her say she was sorry for causing me pain, but uh, she did not. I did end up, after talking to my mother, I ended up telling many people my story. I knew that my mother had kept it secret because I was this dirty little secret that she didn't want anybody to know. And I thought, this is my story now. And I didn't want to be anybody's dirty little secret. It was, the DNA discovery was the final and the worst injury um, she inflicted on me. And because she just kept lying, I cut off contact with her in May of 2014. Because there were no DNA support groups or search angels that I was aware of in 2014, I kept hoping that close paternal matches would show up in 23andMe. After waiting a couple years and not having any close matches, I decided to test in Ancestry in January of 2016. My adopted sister also tested in Ancestry at that point, hoping to find her paternal family. I got the results back in March of 2016, and it showed that I had two male close family matches. And at that point, I didn't know how to go further into Ancestry. I didn't know about Centimorgans, what they were or what it meant uh, for determining the nature of the relationship. So I just sat on the information. And then finally, in the summer of 2018, two more, year, you know, two more years had gone by. In the summer of 2018, fate intervened. And by good fortune, I saw Catherine St. Clair on TV talking about the DNA NPE Friends support group. I immediately joined it and found my tribe. I knew others were out there and I was so happy to find them. Um, I also joined the subgroup for the region of the country where I live. And in October 2018, the subgroup had their first gathering. That's where I first heard the term search angel. And I also showed um, one of the NPE attendees my ancestry information, and she knew how to go into ancestry to determine the nature of the relationship. And she said that those close relatives were my paternal half-brothers, that I have, I have two paternal half-brothers. <laughs> um, wow. And I 
I came to realize how lucky I was that I matched to such close relatives because it made my search very easy. So a couple months went by and I reached out to a search angel on the DNA and PE friends page. And because I had such close relatives and ancestry, she found out who my birth father is within 24 hours. And because of my age and my parents' ages, I was happy and surprised to find out that he was still alive. He's in his middle 80s and has been married for many decades. Um, His encounter with my mother came before he was ever married. He's also a man of some renown in my hometown and a man of some wealth. And I was immediately concerned that this might complicate things when I reached out to him because I thought he and his family might think I was after something uh, like money. So, and because I'd spent a lot of time on the DNA NP Friends Facebook site, I knew there were many ways that it could go. Um, when I contacted my birth father, it could go good, it could go bad, and there's just no way to know. Um, I decided to contact him via a certified letter with the post office. I thought that would be the easiest way for him to read this story. I I suspected he knew nothing about me, and it might be easier to have a letter to digest and read over several times, uh, and it might be easier than if I did it through a phone call. I also sent copies, screenshots off Ancestry that showed that his two sons are my half-brothers. And I sent the letter in February of 2018. In March, March of 2018, so a month later, I received a letter back, and it was from an attorney who represented him and told me to cease and desist contacting them. Um, I don't know why it had to be so harsh. There was nothing to cease and desist because I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I suspect they were trying to scare me. It didn't, and I don't have any way to know if he directed this and what his cognitive state is, or maybe his wife directed it or his kids did, I, I I just don't have any way to know. I was, so far, I'm the only person I've seen on the DNA NP friends page who got a letter from an attorney. There uh, could be others, but I was the only one. And it was just a particularly harsh, harsh way to be told to go away. It is very harsh. I don't mean to interrupt, but I I cannot believe someone would do that to you. I'm so sorry for you. That is a terrible response when you reach out to a biological father to get a cease and desist letter from an attorney. It was very, thank you, Lily. I, I do appreciate it. It was very hard and it was unnecessarily harsh. I, I mean, it would have been less harsh had he just contacted me himself and said, I don't want to pursue this. But to have an attorney do it was really hard. Um, I do have contact information for the two half brothers, but I haven't reached out to them. They're aware of me through ancestry so they can contact me. I just, at least right now, I don't, 
have a desire to be rejected again. So I guess I, I kind of just want to wrap up by saying I wish that biological families would realize that NPEs are innocent and we're the product of their actions. Like Karen said, I'm not a victim and I don't feel like a victim, but I am a product of their action and I don't know how you just how you just cut that off. What I wish is that knowing about my NP status, I wish that I'd always known it since my very first memory. I wish it was just a part of the fabric of my life. Because I didn't have that and because nothing positive has come out of this, there's just been a lot of loss and estrangement and pain. I, for me, I wish I had never found out. I, even though it's not logical, I feel badly for my dad that my mother used me as a pawn and to trick my dad into raising her illegitimate child. Um, And as it turns out, Uh, One of my other brothers that I grew up with, he is also not my dad's child. This also came out. Um, So as far as as we can tell, my mother has had seven children by five men. Um, We are in touch with the brother that my mother gave birth to when I was uh, 16. So we do all have contact now. One of my friends said that there's still time for this to have a happy ending as long as everybody's still alive. Well, my mother died in June of 2020 without ever apologizing. And as far as I know, my birth father's still alive. So I guess there's a possibility for a happy ending but I'm not holding my breath. Wow. That's, wow. I think that's it. Wow. What a story, huh? What a story. I'm, <laughs> I'm, and I'm never supposed to pass judgment, but your mother really was a tornado roaring through the lives of others, wasn't she? She really was. And, you know, Lily, um, as m- many, many times throughout my life, my mother would say to me, that she had had more children than she wanted to have. Oh. And and with all this other with all this information coming out, it just um, it takes on new meaning. Yeah. You know, with the, that. So and not a good thing oh. to tell your kids anyway. You know? Oh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but then You're... to find out there's more even. And then when I asked my in one of the conversations with my mom <laughs> I asked her, are there more kids out there? Because, you know, with the internet DNA testing, they're going to come out of the woodwork. We're going to find out. And she was all offended. No, how could you ask me that? (laughs) How could I not ask you that? (laughs) Yes. Not 
not only does your story have an interesting uh, take with the cease and desist letter from the attorney, but you are also, your mother hid other children. A lot of times it's yes. the, the father that the, the children are hidden from, but your mother, because of her giving some up for adoption before... Oh, yeah, that actually, that gets very complicated. It gets really complicated. And for committing adultery with my dad and producing my one brother um, inside the marriage. So it was shocking for him, too. It it um, it wrecked my family for this to come out at this late stage. I never think keeping secrets is a good idea because once, in, like in my mother's case, once the closet opened up and the skeletons started falling out, there were a lot of skeletons to fall out. And I can just imagine for her, now I see why she was unhappy throughout her whole life. I I mean, she was using all this energy to keep these things secret. And I just think, imagine what positive things you could have done with your life if you hadn't been using all this energy to keep all these secrets. And so I really wanted her to tell me she was sorry for the pain she caused because that would have gone a long way toward my healing. Yes. But she did not have it in her to do no. it. And just to be anger, angry at me for finding out. It was my fault I found out. Can you imagine? My fault no. I found out. So <laughs> so I I don't understand. And my my sibling you know, I've seen on the Facebook page, sometimes siblings turn against the NPE thinking, quit talking or saying something like, Quit talking to mom about this. It you're hurting her, you know, mm-hmm. by doing this. Luckily, my siblings didn't do that, but um, they also don't under understand and can't comprehend, except for my other brother who is an NPE, and sometimes say thoughtless things, you know, like "What's the big deal?" Mm-hmm. And, or you're, or, you know, you're still my sister. Think I think they think they're saying something kind, you know, but but it's not, and they can't understand it because they're not in the situation. Nope. No, they really can't. Yeah, so, so oh well. Every every day goes by, and it, it does get better over time. I would like people to know that too. Um, in 2013, that was really hard to lay because there was no support system out there, nothing. And you can't just walk up to somebody and say, "Do you know who your dad is?" You know, <laughs> or, you know or something like that. And it was hard, really hard. And I. I'm so happy that there are support systems in place now and not a day goes by that I don't think about it. Not a, not a day. And, but it does get easier. I would say it's not a straight line to getting better. It's like two steps forward, two steps back or two steps to the side, or it's not Mm -hmm. a straight, it's not a straight line to getting better. And your mother just passed away. Is that, that's, was it just a couple months ago? Yes, it was in June. Yes. And I hadn't spoken oh. to her in six years. I um, can't imagine how hard and conflicting that is as well. I'm sorry. And I, I think you made the right choice with your estrangement for your own mental health. Um, I'm just, I'm sorry you had to go through all of this. Thank you. It, um, it's sad to be able to say it, to say this, but those six years were pretty peaceful because I didn't have a lifetime of conflict 
Yeah. I mean, finally, I had six years of no conflict with her. I get it. Yes. <laughs> you, I, I know because you have a hard time with your relationship with your mom. The too. estrangement brought yeah. peace. Yes. yes. And that, and that in itself is a sadness to me that I, that that's the way it is. That that's sad. That that's the way that it is. Completely. But it's true. And I wish it wasn't. Some of my friends I see, they have such good relationships with their mother. And I've seen it throughout my whole life. And their mother just becomes such a good friend. I've had friend of mine, friends of mine who travel with their mother. And it's like, gosh, I travel with your mom. That would be horrible. And <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, just kill me now, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, and I've so wished for that my entire life. And but just didn't get it. And, and like when I was saying that, I thought, I thought through my childhood, please, somebody come take me away. And realizing she, after and learning, she'd given up a child for adoption before I was born. And, and Terry says she always knew she was adopted. She always felt wanted and loved. And I thought, what does that feel like? And you mean, you mean that could have been mine too, had she just placed me for adoption too? You know, so... A lot of questions that just aren't going to have answers. And I, I talk to other MPEs too who they don't have anybody to ask because all the players are deceased already. Um, and so I don't know which is better to have no one to ask or to have someone to ask who doesn't tell the truth about mm. it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I participate in a support group on Tuesday nights. It's with Krista Driver. Do you know her or have, it, have you heard her name? No, tell me about this. Because anybody can participate because it's by Zoom. So okay. anybody can participate and it's for NPEs. And so uh, th- my question was going to be first, I wanted to make sure you knew about it because the only people in there are NPEs and new ones come in all the time. Uh, as they find out about the group and as they learn about their status. And Krista is herself. She's a um, psychologist and she is an NPE. So she gets it. That is so wonderful. So how could people get in on this Tuesday night NPE Zoom session? They can also find this information on the Southern California page of the DNA NPE Friends because that's where we're all located. Wonderful. She she was doing it in person, and then in March, when everybody everything shut down, uh, she started doing it via via Zoom, and it's been really successful. Okay, so her name is Krista with a K K R I S T A Driver, and the email address is K Driver at MariposaCenter.org. and Chris Krista is a licensed psychologist in, uh, in California. Awesome. I will put that in as part of the resources of your notes. Susan, thank you so much for sharing all of this. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.